Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. Welcome to the 273rd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your main host, Court, the guy who blows out his voice at the beginning of every fucking show just to make himself sound that much more like a morning zoo radio DJ. Feeling more like a morning zoo radio DJ every morning when he wakes up is Matt. Yes. Yes, I always wake up and I yell at my wife a little bit, like really a big good morning yell, and she gets really annoyed. <laughs> good morning, Mrs. Psyop! I'm always like, hey, welcome to Tony and the Gooch. <laughs> That's from uh, Parks and Rec, right? I, I have no idea. I think uh, one, of guys, one of the guys... I, I, yeah. never, I, I, was, I never really watched... One uh, of those guys, they had a morning zoo show that they would always go on, and one of those guys was known as the Gooch. I always hear, like, the Gooch whenever you talk about, like, morning radio. It's always some guy is the Gooch. <laughs> Someone's always the Gimp, Matt. If you're looking around so, the room and you can't figure out which one it is, maybe it's, it's you. It's, it might be me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Morning Zoo PsyOps. I am your host, Court, and joining me across the way in the other studio is the Gooch. Ah, what's up, Court? Ah! 
And then, oh, yeah, looks like, like he's whole... on a rampage this morning, folks. You better watch out. The coffee's getting to him. Oh, man, we got so much. And then you have to play it like, car and the gooch in the morning. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> this is like traces of death. We better porno. just stop now. This is, yeah, yeah this yeah, is painful. That was, that was getting bad. That's almost... <laughs> That's almost as bad as what the uh, the our our next ele- election is going to look like here coming up. Wow, way to just stumble your way up to right that soapbox. That. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. like all over the place. Can't even fucking do a transition worth a good goddamn. No wonder you're a failed stand-up comic. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just slipped into my abusive father mode there. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, holy cow, did I? Uh, am I paying for something here that you went through? Or <laughs> no, I just, I just, I don't want to fucking talk about the election horse shit. It's going to be over by the time everybody hears it. We're all going to—that's true. We're all going to be reaping the repercussions, and who knows? This episode may not even go out. Yeah, right. I mean, who knows what's going to happen yeah. here? But fuck it. But for tonight, we're going to record, and we're going to pretend like everything will just be fine because tonight we're talking about the cinematic treasure that is lycanthropus or the american title werewolf in a girl's dormitory which yes. should have been werewolf about a girl's reformatory or something like oh. that because hmm. it was a girl's reform school but they didn't want to be a girl's reform school they were all progressive they were handing yeah. out stars and sad faces whenever the girls would behave or misbehave yeah they're like oh that is so naughty now we're sad we, there's a sad face this is some very early euro sleaze stuff and it's kind of an interesting thing to have on the show for that alone and that kind of discussion on how the Europeans kind of led us on this journey. <laughs> there's there's some um, Mexican-made films that really indulge in the filth more, and they mix the horror and filth together. Yeah. They're kind of like the nudist camp movies that we were discussing whenever we were discussing the sexploitation stuff, where there's like monsters crash a nudist party or a nudist colony or something along those lines, like, uh, you know, <laughs> the monster of Camp Sunshine and all of that. Okay, I gotcha. I was getting some serious vibes from this, where it was like, if the girls would have just been running around sunbathing naked for like five, ten minutes, this would have felt like that kind of a movie. So it's like a nudist colony movie with all the nudist colony footage removed, and all you got is just the girls in their outfits going to school. Yeah, you know, it it really was something like that. Yeah, you're not wrong, because... I was actually shocked by the tone of language in the in this movie. Okay, you're going to have to codify that a little bit because I'm not sure what you mean by the tone of language. Well, for a black and white movie and like you're a little like uh, the, one of the ladies called one of the girls a little slut and like some of the subject matter, you don't place that in usual black and white movies oh, of this era. Well, you haven't seen the right kind then because like the uh, poverty, yeah. the poverty row flicks of the time and then any of the pre-code stuff has stuff like this in it or some some more of the filth. And then yeah. there there's some 50s and 60s movie, which this is a 61 film and it's European. So the fact that it's black and white is just that's probably what they could afford to shoot on. It was probably just cheaper to shoot it in black and white. And since they didn't have a lot else going for it, they did kind of make it a little more risque and uh, adult oriented, but not like in the way that you think where it's like porn. It's more like adult themes and grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Adult themes. That's it, just what I, I, I guess mainly it's just because and this is where you know we, we don't get a lot of these moments anymore where i'm kind of like oh i haven't seen this before but I, I like yeah a lot of like the black and white movies i've always been exposed to are probably more mainstream where like there's a lot more uh censorship on them so everything seemed a bit more not even on like uh, uh even on the craziest horror movies things weren't said like that right well we're talking more of a night of the living dead 
style for even why Night it was Living Dead at least it, Night of the Living Dead even went a bit farther. I always thought that was like there was just like the, naked people walking around dead in that movie. So yeah, yeah it pushed and, the and envelope also, pretty good. And also the way it had such a nihilistic ending and all that, I was like, wow, that's kind of was like maybe a future like that. But like I'm even talking about like you know Dracula, Frankenstein, you know all these other kind of black and white movies, and and you never really heard people like speak how they spoke in this. So. Yeah, you were expecting more of a she's a shameless hussy, not just flat out calling her a, yeah. a slut for yeah, like, like with you're her being husband. a shameless little hussy and more innuendo than what we got. We got pretty much right to the point type shit. It, yeah, it's very verbal descriptions of things that were happening without actually I, seeing the things that are happening when it comes to that kind of more grown up um and, stuff in the film. Yeah, and I'll say this: spoiler alert. I am now under the belief that that this movie has the longest clip I've ever done. <laughs> Oh, boy. Let's see. I'm going to go through them right now just to see how long the clips are. Okay. Yeah. So so far, so good. So reasonable. Ooh. No, I think you've had one that was longer than this one. But really? Still, yeah. Okay. Because this one, I'm like, I'm watching it. It's a pretty important piece of, like, information that, that need to be a clip, but it just kept going. And I'm like... Oh shit, guys! What are we doing here? You're making me look bad. <laughs> you're, you're never gonna touch my record, which was from uh, when we covered Pontypool, which was just one giant clip after one giant clip. There was a yeah, couple that... of them that were like ten minutes because it's like Grant Massey just going off, and I'm like, no, we, we got to have this in here. And Pontypool was all about verbiage, <laughs> right? That that I mean, you, listen. I even understand. I was like, man, I do. When I was watching, I remember watching that and I knew you were doing the notes. I'm like, I, and the clips. And I'm like, I do not envy him on this one because I'm like, it, it would have been so hard for me to figure out w- w- what clip to use. <laughs> exactly. So I'm actually kind of interested in what you have to say about the film. I'm glad that you didn't spoil your feelings towards the film. That's what I thought you were going to no. spoil. So you're going to no, hold No, I that. will not. Yeah, and uh, the long clip is pretty ridiculous, but it's not the longest, most ridiculous one we've had on this show. I still hold that record, so (laughs) we have at least that going for us. Uh, I also was able to, thanks to Severin, they included a CD of the soundtrack of the film. Unfortunately, the ghoul holiday song thing where the girls are dancing to it is not in the soundtrack. So I won't be able to play that for everybody. I'm just as bummed as everybody else. And I couldn't find it on its own. But we do have the actual score of the film to go along with this episode because the CD was included. Anytime they include a soundtrack CD, that's going to become part of the show. That's just, I'm just going to fucking do that now. So that's how it's going to be. Well, let's stop beating around the bush about this flick. We will take our break now. We'll play the Legion Go From Me promo, which we are definitely in need of some donations to be able to move that forward and help some additional folks i know times are tough for all of us but you know give a penny take a penny that's the whole plan for this thing to try and help everybody out when we come back we will have a little bit of music like i said i snagged right out of the film and the trailer for werewolf in a girl's dormitory this is Bo from legionpodcasts.com hey it's been a crazy time and when the world gets nuts we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events, 
and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter at Legion Podcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. reminds me a lot of some of the music that was used in Night of the Living Dead. So I wonder if some of this is library music or if it became library music after this film. Yeah, yeah, because that, oh, yeah, you're right. That very much reminded me of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, well, at least the trailer for it, you know, that's, that's da -da 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 -da, that, that little keyboard hit. It reminds me very much of the trailer for Night of the Living Dead because I think that moment or that key hit is in it or something very similar to it. So that's put that thought in my brain. I don't know, but at least we will have a notion of the song that I was talking about with the ghouls in the graveyard or whatever the fuck that song is, because it's in this trailer. trying to capture a wolf to extract his glands. But tell me, Professor, have you ever experimented on yourself? The new doctor, suspect. Beauties, the prey of fiendish desires. A village up in arms. Picture is for people of iron wills only. Yes, because the will must be iron. I don't fucking know. <laughs>
I'm trying not to have a nervous breakdown. The werewolf in a girl's dormitory. I can't throw this. I can't say words, so fuck you. Well, that's why uh, I said that one for you. I was trying to be polite. I was helpful. Oh, thank you. It sounded like you were being condescending, but that could just be your bass tone. But yeah, I can't not sound condescending to someone of your stature. It's not my problem. Motherfucker, what do you mean my stature? Holy shit. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> I mean, emotionally, physiologically, even though you're taller than me. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man, let's just sell it down, all right? I'm starting to get real feelings hurt. <laughs> Economically, just in manhood in general. Jesus Christ. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> First 20 minutes. Here we go. Uh, dude shows up to what seems to be a, a, a girl's, uh, well, a, a girl's dormitory. And, uh, although it's more like a, uh, halfway house, right? Yeah. I think halfway house is probably a good way to describe it because it's not quite a reformatory where they would be punished, which is for like underage or not adults that wouldn't go to jail. So yeah, it's supposed to be pretty much the last vestiges of maybe even a type of school for girls who their, their next stop is prison. If they, if this doesn't work, it's a very progressive reform school. It's almost like what boys get sent to military school. This is like the girl equivalent in the time frame. I don't know how else to describe it, where it's definitely for a punishment and they're supposed to be fucking hard on you. But at the same time, it's not quite you're going to be having this on your permanent record type thing. Yeah. So uh, he kind of shows up. Um, one of the girls, while they're doing egg morning exercises, she pretends to faint. Anyway, this guy, he meets with what would I would assume be like the dean. And that's our first clip. Julian Orcutt, correct? Yes, that's right. How do you do? Pleasure. Dr. Benson told me to see you, and here I am. Dr. Benson is an old friend. He wrote to me. I've been expecting you. Sit down, please. Thank you. There's... There's something I should tell you. Please, sit down, doctor. Yes, Dr. Alcott. I know everything. Benson explained it to me, and he also said you were acting in good faith. That's very kind of you. You know the court of law has found me to be innocent. I know. So here you'll just be Professor Julian Orcutt, and the past shall be of no importance. Thank you. It's very good of you. You don't have to thank me. Thank our mutual friend, Dr. Benson. I hope you'll be comfortable here. Our institute is not a house of punishment. The girls are given a chance here by the generosity of our benefactors. Without this institute, the majority of them would be in some state reformatory. We are trying to give them work and an education and put them back on the right road. No one is ill-treated here, but your job will not be an easy one. Very good. I shall do my best because it's also important to me to find myself. Surely the past can become a nightmare unless we can free ourselves of it. Uh, sir, while I was coming here, I saw a girl who had just fainted. Oh, that. That's Mary Smith. Don't be concerned because she's just coming off age. <laughs> I hope the future will be better. Yes. But you must remember that here you are not a doctor anymore, but just a professor of science. Of course. I won't forget. All right. Just in that discussion, the way that those men casually said that she is coming of age and the way that they both chuckled afterwards, did that not feel really fucking gross to you? That felt very fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Like, ah, she's coming of age. Like, it'd be one thing if like, they would have said, I mean, I don't, you know, she prefers dramatics or something like that. 
but no, she's coming of age. Sounds yeah, real fucked up. Yeah, real. That's real sus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's some pedo stuff right there. Yeah, it was queasy all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm when I'm not. I'm not cool with it. No, <laughs> I'm with you on that. That's some creepy ass shit. That is not for the people who are supposed with to which be, I am down. No, for people who are supposed to be in charge of watching said girls and you know trying to set them up for uh, a better life. Yeah. Very fucking gross. Yeah. Nope. Don't like it. No, sir. I don't like it. So, um, anyway, uh, later on that night, two girls are healing, howling outside. And then they look outside the window and see another girl, Mary. She's sneaking out of the grounds. They also see the Dean's assistant, I guess you would say, uh, watching her, but not stopping her leaving. Mary gets off the grounds and she is stopped by, uh, this, the grounds worker guy. Um, and, uh, he, uh, she apparently, she says, you know, just let me go. I paid you your money. So she's paid him to get off of there. And she says she knows the secrets of him and another. So she, they, you know, he better let her go. So apparently she knows stuff, but is also paying him to get off the grounds. Uh, he lets her go. Uh, even though he's like, you know, we don't want you getting hurt in uh, any of this. Cause you know, he's probably like, don't get hurt or else it'll probably look badly on us. Or maybe you'll be found out that, you know, you're paying us, whatever. Or maybe and, just to get out of trouble for herself or whatever ends up happening when she gets hurt. She'll yeah. drop the dime that she's been threatening to drop just to be like a trump card to get out of jail. Yeah. Like, Hey, they did this to me. You know, they made me get out there all this kind of crap. Right. So, um, anyway, she lets her go and she meets with an older man. Uh, who apparently is a professor. They have something of a relationship going on, and she wants him to get her out of there and paid her. He, she says she's, you know, he's like, why? But I've given you money. And she goes, what you good is like money if I'm stuck in here. So she just wants him to, you know, get her out of here and in double time. Doesn't she um, say something about him using her body in some way, shape or form yeah, too? Yeah. I mean, like, it is definitely, it is alluded to that they have, have been had boning. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more like, like he's coercing her or in fact is paying her or has been paying her for sex too yes. is what it sounds he like has been, well i believe he's been paying her to keep quiet about all the sex that she gave him so that's probably what she did you know she probably healthily seduced him and then figured out you know you can go fuck yourself now you better help me oh i thought uh, it was just straight up prostitution even to the point where he just approached her like all these unfortunates that are it, stuck in this would-be reform school are just basically a stock for him to pick from and then use as his he definitely has would. a weakness for the ladies so you would not be wrong i don't i don't want to call it weakness he's a fucking predator of these he, girls well, he set a, himself he's up he's to a, be definitely a pedo he's definitely yeah he's he's definitely got problems with young ladies so um which is not good and it makes him fucking gross yeah this is so, really fucking gross to watch in this day and age but it also sets up that we have a very realistic very grown-up story that is being told that also just happens to feature a werewolf eventually yeah i mean hey come on we can all have a little bit of fun here uh <laughs> right i'm just so, saying they're taking attack where they're telling a very true very realistic story that not many movies at the time would even deal with and they're handling it very 
straightforward. I mean, they don't try to make this guy seem like he's okay or that she likes him at all. They're no, setting they, this up to be the predator that he is. They and, definitely make this that he is, yeah, a, a predator and he is uh, definitely shouldn't be doing these things with a student. <laughs> One of the things that the movie also does is they juxtapose characters like this with characters of what most people consider to be a monster who prey on young blood as well, which is the werewolf. And I think the film does an excellent job pairing those two things together in the storylines to bring to your attention just how bad this really is. I actually feel like they're doing it intentionally, that they're saying that this professor is no different than the werewolf we're about to see later. I definitely feel like they are um, doing this justice, this kind of, for the time, they are definitely doing this all a a good amount of justice. Shockingly, progressively so, yes. Yes, yes. Um, So anyway, uh, she then runs off. She says, you know, you better start finding out a way to get me out of here or else. It's pretty much what she says. She's like, you know, don't you, I'll fuck you up. So she's had enough of this wrinkled old douchebag going up and down on her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I, I don't fucking blame her. Yeah, me either. Like, this is fucking gross, dude. Yeah, you're you're a fucking sicko, and you should be fucking ashamed of yourself, and, you know, you deserve any kind of fucking vengeance that comes upon you. Yeah, okay, Um, we're hating on him enough, but let's let's move past this in the story so we can (laughs) stop being outraged and grossed out. Marilyn leaves, and she sees this growling figure, and she runs, and is chased, and she is actually caught and attacked by the wolfman. He, he kills her and then throws her body into a stream. So, I mean, not not exactly cool uh, by the Wolfman, but I guess Wolfman's going to do what a Wolfman's going to do. He's just so. washing off his kill before he eats it like an otter. <laughs> if you think about it, it's actually kind of precious and cute. His little werewolf paw is washing off her dead body before he eats it. That I No, that's... that's it's still horrific, no. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's still very horrific. You... Uh, yeah, sorry, man. You got a lot of problems. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring everybody's mood down. I'm sorry. You, you fucked everything up, Court. We were having so much fun. The special effects said- for the, her being thrown off the waterfall, even though it was a dummy and kind of got obvious partway through, still looked good and was pretty. I thought pretty the bone attack crunching. looked pretty good. Yeah, the attack part for was the great. That the, the actual drop was great. There was only one moment where you could tell it was a mannequin, but then yeah. when it hits the hard cut they do to the posed body in the water, was great. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, that was a lot of good stuff. I like that. Yeah, again, this is. For you, the title, I think, being sold as Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, while it makes it easier to get butts in the seats or cars in the drive-in in 1961, it does a very disservice for this actual quality you're getting in the film. Yeah, I totally agree. So, anyway, the old dude actually heads back to the school grounds. Uh, and um, he goes back to his, probably his his room, and he's visibly nervous. He gets himself a drink and he starts calling out for what we are assuming is his wife. And she startles him. And that is our next clip. You really are corrupt, Alfred. No, it's not about her again. Not this time. It's now something horrible, Sheena. I saw you're a beast, not a man, my dear. So go to the devil. I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I'm not with that girl anymore, it's true. She's blackmailing me. The letters. The letters. Yesterday I wrote a letter to her that can be a disgrace to me. You're not only thoroughly miserable, Alfred, you're without a doubt a pitiful imbecile. But I didn't sign them, never. They can't possibly suspect they're mine. You fool, how far do you think you would go if everyone knew what you really are, Sir Alfred Weitzman? 
I know, Cheetah. You're right. Wow, that was a hard overdub there at the very end. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, man, his wife really just pretty much read him the riot act with good fucking reason. Yeah. She is also still protecting a serial abuser of young girls. So she's not innocent in this. No, she's not a very good person either. She's just fucking jealous that he is banging younger girls and not going with her. She doesn't even care that he's a serial abuser. It's just the fact that he won't touch her. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's like, oh, I don't, I didn't want to be cheated on. It's like, that's that's your takeaway from this yeah she's jealous she's jealous that he is no longer attracted to her he's she is jealous of the girls for being victimized by him but she is not upset nor does she do anything to stop the fact that he is victimizing young girls it's fucked up man that is what you call an enabler Uh, right Uh, and she's also probably used to uh, a comfy lifestyle that you know his profession probably brings at this school and also I don't feel the film is trying to portray her specifically as just a jealous hag wife kind of character that they would do but what they're doing is they're taking that trope and they're playing with it a little bit and the way she's acting she is still very clearly an enabler and we'll see even later on that she's much worse than just an enabler Uh, yes but what they're doing here they're playing it very straight they're just presenting it to us they're not trying to play any sympathy on her you know as this poor miss unfor- you know unfortunate misses you know she's still very much a part of it and it's not letting her off the hook we don't get any sympathy music for her when she's sad and she doesn't get to get those glamorous shots of her being sad about it she's just vengeance and wrath at the, the entire time <laughs> and she's yeah. part of the problem yeah exactly um the next day the girls want to see mary's body as it's being examined but they are not allowed to um the uh, new professor, because, you know, he was a doctor, comes in to also check out the body. And uh, they are told by police that most likely they believe wolves attacked her. And I, I just don't think the new professor is completely and totally buying that at all. Yeah, I just don't think that uh, he, they were trying to play him as like the skeptic scientist guy, but at the same time with a dark secret. Yeah. And it, he's like the least deftly handled character. He's really boring to me and the more he talks on screen the more i just kind of check out i noticed with this he's supposed to be very bland i think yeah he, i guess he's supposed to melt in the background but the actor playing him refuses because he projects like fucking shatner at you the entire time he talks yeah that's also very true <laughs> so maybe that's why he irritates me i don't know but just like anytime he's chalking on screen i'm almost checking out which is unfortunate because he explains a lot of what's going on scientifically later on <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's also very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. But in this. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you. He just, I don't know, there's something uh, off about him as well. Yeah. At the start of it, he does. He's just abrasive and annoying and he's hard to take. But by the end of it, he becomes a little bit more tolerable and they find a good tone for his character. I just think the actor's trying too hard to be abrasive at the start or something that just bugs the shit out of me in this scene. True. Um, so anyway, he and, uh, so then, um, uh, this old, the old dude has to actually check out the body as well. Uh, he is visibly upset and he heads outside and then he catches the eye of another young lady who's walking by and he starts smiling at her. So you really see his sickness on display here. Yeah. It's fucking lecherous and gross. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty fucking bad. Uh, so after all this, and even when he got into trouble and was going to be fucking, I mean, they had him uh, dead to rights to, to, 
you know, get money at blackmail him and all that, he still can't control him fucking self. It's like, Jesus. Yeah, his previous victim's body's not even really fully cold yet, and he's starting to eyeball the next. Yeah, well, and, and it's not even that. It's Look at all the trouble he got into by having to pay money to this girl, all this. His wife thinks he's a loser, all this stuff. And you think, okay, this is kind of a, a get-out-of-jail-free card kind of for him, and he can't stop himself from fucking creepingly smiling at another girl. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, he's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, that's fucking... Yeah, that's right. Um, So then the girl that he was eyeing, her name is uh, Pris- uh, uh, Priscilla. And she tries to access Mary's dresser, and she's caught by the new teacher who tells her to get to the study hall. Um, So, you know, it's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of padding the film out with some of this, but I think they wanted to have the character interactions as sort of like a setup for them to be friendly with each other later. Yeah. But, but it doesn't quite work. I think it just kind of is this like annoying little, we didn't really need this in the film <laughs> piece of moment. Yeah. Why, why does this have to be here right now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what purpose does this serve other than to get your running time up a little bit into the north of 60 minutes range? Yeah, exactly. So then Priscilla wants to meet with the director in the creepy fucking, you know, the freak creepy groundskeeper guy. Uh, He's just trying to get some from her and she leaves him behind. So everyone's fucking creepy in here. And uh, it's not good. Groundskeeper <laughs> gets a- downright rapey in parts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like big time. Yeah. Yeah. All the men in this are fucking beasts and disgusting, which again, I feel like they are trying to show you that your movie monsters that you're normally terrified of, these beasts are on the same level as that monster. Yeah. I agree. I think it's a really interesting artistic choice that this movie did. Yes. Um, let's see here. So then uh, the Priscilla and director meet, and she tells him that she has read Mary's mail and that she uh, saw that she was blackmailing somebody. So the uh, the director heads out to grit the inspector back, and then they go, uh, in, while he's going to get him, she actually reads how the new professor was tried for murder but was acquitted. Uh, she takes uh, the uh, men to... To the drawer, to Mary's drawer, looks for the letters, but she can't find them, and they're gone, and neither one believes her, and that closes out the opening 20 minutes of the movie. This is a really great setup, which you don't really get in a lot of modern films. This is a good, old-fashioned, here's your character's sort of hangout moments that piece together all of the main threads of the story. And for a 61 movie, the multiple levels of story that we're getting here, like all the various intrigue and like the soap opera level of drama, you know, this is like three to four episodes before Barnabas shows up in Dark Shadows. And that is what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Like you said, we have a good base set up. A lot of scandal happening at the school and now murders happening at this school. So, um, uh, some definite, you know, fucking shit to have to work on here, uh, for, for, uh, the people who run this. I I keep calling it a school, but it's more of a reformatory type place. We'll just call it a reform school and yeah, be done with it. Yeah. Cause that's, it's the closest thing to what it is. It's just, this is the most hippie version of one I've seen in a film. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so after class, Priscilla talks to the new professor about 
why the girls didn't get to see Mary's body and if the wolf story is true, in which he says, the professor's like, well, they probably just wanted you to remember her how, you know, you you should and, uh, you know, not uh, as you should and, and not and remember how she lived. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he kind of is non-committal on her uh, if she, you know, on the wolf story. He's like, well, you know, it's it's kind of what they said, you know, not really knowing anything else. So he's still acting sketchy and weird and looks like he's trying to cover something up. And he would be a red herring if we already didn't know that he was being dressed down by his wife while the killing was happening. Right. Yeah. So then Priscilla and another girl, they break into Mary's dresser and they find the letters finally. I don't know why they couldn't find them the first time. And they find the letters at least to Mary, not the ones Mary wrote, but the ones written to Mary. So different letters than they're looking for. Uh, but none of them are signed, but they're all professing the, the undying love for Mary. And Priscilla says she believes she knows who the killer is. So then we cut to uh, our new teacher and the dean. They're talking in our next clip. Difficult to understand, but now that you've been with us here for a week, what's your impression? Well, I don't think these girls are any more difficult than others of their age. Perhaps you're right, but these have found the bitterness of life much too early. Yes, I must agree with you, even without knowing them as well as you do. Tell me, that one, for instance, what's she done? Why is she here? She was convicted of attempted homicide. She was living with that poor Mary in town. One night a sailor was trying to beat Mary, almost strangled her. Then Priscilla, defending her friend, almost killed the sailor. Now I understand. That's why the news of Mary's sudden death touched her so deeply. Yes. As the girls are alone here, a friendship like this can sometimes be their only consolation. And where's the hard cash? He pay you after. Maybe he give you more because he likes you. I? Yes, you. I do believe that money makes a person do anything, don't you? It's tough for a girl to resist the fancy notion of cash when she needs it. Fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, again, these people are just fucking awful. They're no better than the monster that we're about to meet. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're exactly right. They are not any better. Um... So then we hear howling everywhere as uh, Priscilla and the creepy dude, they head off the grounds. She is let out into this shack where she meets the pervy old professor's wife. And that's our next clip. Don't be afraid. You're Sheena Whiteman. You expected to find my <coughs> husband, am I right? <coughs> Stop it. Take this. This is so you would have a worthwhile reason for coming here. To me, you're another common slut, just like all the others. And as of now, it's finished between you and my husband. Whiteman. It was your husband. Now it's clear to me. What's clear to you, you little tart? You're all alike. You're all ready to sell yourselves. Yes, but not to be killed. Your husband has killed Mary Smith because she received this. No. My husband is perhaps a philanderer, but he's not an assassin. Then I'll explain all this to the police. I warn you, girl, you'd better not be foolish or I'll be forced to appeal to the dogs. That wouldn't help you at all. All the other letters are securely hidden in case they find me like my friend, attacked by the wolves. Where are the other letters? Do you have them? Those letters will be delivered to the police. 
I only want to know who's written them. Oh, that's the reason you came here. Yes, that's the reason, even if you don't believe me. Sit down. I believe you, but also you must listen to me. For a long time, I've been watching my husband. He's a strange man. He's a sadist. Everyone else believes he's a respectable person. And he's not even faithful. It's true. It's true the other night he had an appointment with that Mary. I followed him, intending to interrupt them and put an end to it once and for all. They met each other, and when Alfred left her, I know that girl was alive. Still living, but suddenly there occurred something horrible. It wasn't my husband who killed your friend, and it was not the wolves. There was a moon. I saw that the assassin didn't run away immediately. He remained in almost a contortion for some moments on the bridge before going. And it was then that I was able to recognize him. <gasps> Who's there? Where? Over there. There was someone at the window. Oh, it was that caretaker who brought you here. Who do you say is the murderer? I don't want to tell you. Not now, anyway. It's better that you keep your nose out of this filthy mess. The letters and all the rest. Also that poor girl. Her name would be covered with mud. Let her rest in peace. But she was assassinated. Another dirty scandal would be the final ruin of us all. And certainly wouldn't bring back to life your Mary. Do you still love your husband? Yes. To the point of killing one of his lovers? <gasps> I? Why? What sort of a person do you think I am? The dogs. You didn't say anything to them. If they'd find me killed by them, they'd believe it was the wolves. You are really stupid. I've been foolish to confide in Jesus. So this lady ain't all that great. <laughs> no. As again, we were saying before. Yeah, again, she, she's revealed here to be even more of a monster where she's just really covering it up just to save, what, a family name, I guess, is her motivation. I don't know what else to really call and, it. Probably her husband's job and because, you know, you probably can get a, a pretty comfy gig, you know, uh, you know, he has a comfy gig right now. Okay, she's doing it to maintain her standard of living, which is no, even more disgusting. No better. Yeah, it's that's still like, disgusting. That's like serious evil for just banality. Yeah. <laughs> for just normal everyday life, just committing yeah. absolute evil. That's fucked up. I agree. Yes. It's it's I mean, yeah, just to keep up a way of life is and and ignore a man's predatory needs that he he does it's fucking gross yeah what are you like in charge of penn state football fuck right what are you in charge of the united states government fuck <laughs> what are you in charge of something because that's all it takes fuck <laughs> uh, priscilla heads back to the campus and is found by the new professor he's out setting traps to uh catch a wolf uh and he escorts her back Anyway, then we cut to the home lady. The old lady gets back to her home, and she is attacked and knocked out using chloroform. Then the person injects her with something, and this injection kills her. Then the two, uh, the two, the professor and Priscilla are walking back, and she heads to the gates as he goes to. Uh, I think he just can't be seen walking back in with her, and she hears some howling, and we see some crazy eyes, and just then the Wolfman attacks her, and she passes out. But then this dog comes running out and attacks the wolf man, making him run away and tearing at his arm a bit as well. 
And that ends that 20 minutes. Okay, he wasn't just injecting the lady with something. Whoever was doing the killing was injecting her with air, was putting air in her veins to cause a Was that air? Okay, I I couldn't tell, so So it was air. Yeah, that would kill him. Yeah, that would kill somebody. I watched this on my projector, and I could actually see where he was pulling, whoever the killer was, was pulling the syringe open without it stuck in anything. So there was no liquid there. It was just sucking air in through the syringe and then put a shitload of air in her veins. Jesus. Not good. No, that's, a, that's that, bad. That'll do it. That'll definitely kill you. <laughs> that, that'll, that'll get the job done. <laughs> uh, the werewolf makeup is a little rough, but I mean, it's passable. I've seen worse in it's pa- these types I, of films. I, did, I liked it. I like. I thought the werewolf looked creepy. I, I did. I liked it. I think there was a little too much like latex sculpt for me. I tend to like a little more fur in my werewolves, but uh, this shows up on film better which is why I think they made the choice that they did. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a definite um, possibility. Uh, the werewolf being chased off by a dog, this is a different type of werewolf than what we're used to seeing, even with Lon Chaney, because he probably would have yeah. just ate the fucking dog. Exactly. <laughs> this almost looks like a weaker werewolf, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's... I don't know how to really describe it, but like the way or the reasoning as to what caused this werewolf to be a werewolf seems to make it to where it at least has some logic and reasoning, but also so still likes to kill, you know? Yeah. Like it knows it's not going to win a fight with a dog, so it takes off. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the next 20 begins, we start with the old lady's funeral. Uh, the Dean notices the creepy guy is limping and holding his arm. And others are talking about this this attack that happened. Um, at the bar, creepy guy is getting just blasted drunk while others saying the cops aren't are asleep and they can't help. So, I mean, that is very, very topical. And, <laughs> and they, they will need to find the creature themselves. They all notice the creepy dude can't use his one arm and they hold hold they want to attack him he holds him off with a knife but they're able to get him surrounded before the dean shows up and tells him that there is no scar there showing the arm and saying that he's been like that since birth so So he's deformed in some way he's well he's just handicapped yeah yeah oh okay what i'm saying is less sensitive you are correct well i know saying deformed means it's like some sort of visible deformity other than his leg just doesn't work right well yeah it's a birth defect is what i was kind of looking Uh, for oh i got you there you go birth defect yes i just used a term that is a bit more abusive apparently kind (laughs) of i mean it's not like you said well he's a freak so yeah that's uh, not what makes someone a freak a circumstance of birth is out of your control that's not what makes you a freak it's who you are that makes you a freak exactly so uh then the new professor he's visiting priscilla in the clinic and then a friend of hers shows up and it kind of just half jokingly punches the professor in the arm playfully and it hurts him so now we have another red herring Injuries as a possibility for a recovering werewolf. Yes. And also, I always thought when a werewolf got hurt and turned back to human, the human wasn't hurt anymore. Or was that the Hulk? Uh, yes, on both accords. Um, what is supposed to be ha- would happen is if they got hurt as a werewolf, they could sustain the injury still, like where you would see um, a slashed arm or something, but it would be pretty much healed the next time they transform, no matter what. But also, the wound carrying over, it depends upon who's doing the writing, because Stephen King has used that, like in The Silver Bullet, where the rocket blows out the eye in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. Then the past is the one with the eye patch so that leads him to be a suspect so 
if you're going to do this who's the werewolf type movie, you need to have an indicator like this. So it's an, it's a cheat, yes, but it's one I'm okay with them using. If that yeah. was if this were to be the case that they would be able to identify the werewolf by a possible injury that was dealt to them the night before. And now we know that the uh professor's total sus. So then the um that girl goes to the dean and tells him what she saw when she hit the guy on the, the professor on the arm and the dean says he will look into it. Um the old professor then is meeting with the creepy guy and tells him that he has to get him the letters now. Uh, then the new professor meets with the dean and this is our super long clip. You wanted to see me, sir? Yes. What, in your opinion, happened in the woods? Well, I believe it has to do with a lycanthropist. In other words, a sort of werewolf. Exactly. Please explain this to me further. What is this? An interrogation? Better to tell me than the police, don't you think? Yes, of course. Well, you know of my career as a doctor. It was terminated by a tragic incident. I was working for Dr. Benson at the mental hospital for the criminally insane. There was a girl. She was accused of homicide. But the poor girl could not absolutely recall killing anyone. She seemed perfectly normal. I must add, I was in love with her. Continue, please. In a full moon, she would behave in a very strange way. She would lose complete control of herself and transform absolutely. And her face was like a beast's. Professionally, I wanted to try to help her. And after a certain time, I discovered a temporary antidote. And it's so difficult, actually, without my using the medical terms to explain I've this always been you. interested in medicine, and I think I could follow you. The pituitary gland controls the function of the hormones, influencing the sexual organs and the thyroid. And as a direct reaction, it can cause a psychophysical transformation. My colleagues refuted this theory of mine. And I had proven it, unequivocally. For example, at every lunar cycle, the pituitary gland acts strangely and becomes enlarged at the start of the transformation. Our psychocontrols upset the balance of the neuroglandular system, causing incredible distortions in the skin, hair, and teeth. In this state, the patient cannot be saved. I was successful with the extract of the brain of a wolf, while I was experimenting on her. One night, she gave herself an overdose. Perhaps I made it too strong. And the police then accused me of killing her. Do you want to know more? In observing the body of Mary, did you feel the crime was committed by lycanthropus? Yes. I'm almost sure about it. I continued my studies in this matter. And this led you to other discoveries. Is it possible to rid yourself completely? I don't know. But that's not of importance anymore. Since I've been here, I've been trying to capture a wolf to extract his glands. They're not rare in our forests. But tell me, Professor, have you ever experimented on yourself? Once. 
I had to find out what it would be like for a normal human being. It was impossible to observe myself. Would you mind showing me your right arm? No, of course not. Yes, it's hurt. But I did not attack Priscilla. A strange coincidence, don't you think? Before you arrived, there never was any talk about monsters in this town. Then you think that I'm... Professor, the... you said yourself that a person can be completely out of control during a crisis. How much does he remember afterwards? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not even one sign remains of it. I assure you that this is what happens. Anyway, I must assure you of one thing. I hurt myself accidentally. Professor, I want to believe every word of it, though it may not appear that way. But I advise you, however, to take great care. Perhaps you had better discontinue your experiment. Absolutely not. I can't. The life of a human being may depend on it. And who might this be? I don't know. You asked me to tell you about a lycanthropist. His sickness must have satisfaction. In the next transformation, he'll try again. And you believe that if you manage to find a definite antidote, you'll probably save the life of that person. Then you know who the attacker is. Well, if I should discover an antidote, I'm sure that this person would certainly want to be helped. Sick or not, Professor, he'll be obliged to give himself up. I'm a doctor. It's not fair to treat a lycanthropist like a murderer. If ever I'm successful in finding a cure, these poor victims could possibly begin to lead a normal life like others. Perhaps you're right. If you think murder won't bother his conscience. If you should ever find out that I am the monster, I should like to be treated the same as you would like to be. I understand you perfectly. And it's finally over. Wake up, everybody. What? What are we doing? I thought we were watching the movie. Uh, so that night, a man uh, creeps into the girl's sleeping area. He's trying to find the key to the dresser, and he finds it around one of the girl's necks. So he smothers her with a pillow and then takes it. Well, the other girls wake up, and they all start screaming, and we see it's the creepy groundskeeper. So he runs away. Everyone runs out to the courtyard, and he sees him. He's trying to climb another one of the buildings there, and he's trying to escape, but one of the doors is locked. So then he tries to crawl up to the roof, but he loses his grip, and he falls. Falls to his death. The dean then finds the letters and reads one of them. Uh, they get everyone back to the dorms, and the new professor is going to go call the cops. He runs to Priscilla and tells her what happens. And the dogs, uh, then he says uh, uh, also that dogs can't stand odor of the, the werewolves. That's why the dog freaked out and attacked the werewolf. And that closes out that 20 minutes. A lot of intrigue. There's a who's the werewolf? Who's the person that is doing the straight up murdering with the syringes and everything? What's all of this mean? Another little Agatha Christie shit with the possible werewolf mixed in. So we got a little bit of a haunted honeymoon feel here. And and man, the uh, werewolves are either very common right now in this area 
Or this new professor just has bad luck because werewolf once, werewolf again now in this new place he's at? I mean, Jesus. We're kind of hinting very heavily that he may be the werewolf and is in denial about it. That, yes. yes. So he's basically our werewolf red herring in this yes. case. A lot, of, a lot of red herrings in this movie. <laughs> it's always red herring, Matt. It's always red, red and it's red herring. Uh, in the next 20 minutes, the dean, uh, the dean dresses down the old professor and that's our next clip. It's like a compulsion I have here inside of me. And why am I like this? I don't know why. But I've never killed anybody. I've always paid. I've always paid for everything. Those that seem the best sometimes commit the worst. You know you've killed Walter. No. I only asked him to find the letters. I didn't know he'd be foolish enough to risk his life. You must help me. By helping you, Miss Leonor and I were almost involved in this dirty scandal. If Miss Leonor and I had not discovered the letters, you would be in jail. I'm innocent. If only Sheena were still alive. But why? Because Sheena, that night, when Mary was killed, she followed me. She saw who it was. Don't invent these absurd stories. There's no need for it. I have no intention of denouncing you. I haven't had a moment of peace since Sheena died. It's as if I had killed her with my own hands. If only I had the courage to kill myself. But Sheena knew. She knew. If she knew, why didn't she speak up? I don't know. Maybe she kept silent to blackmail me. She said that with one word, she could send me to the gallows. Even the death of your own wife looks strange in the light of this story. Strange? You think that I... I'm not thinking anything. What are you going to do? What will you do? If you destroy me, you destroy yourself as well. Go, Sir Alfred. All right. So then he, you know, old professor's like, hey, you know, keep talking and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fuck up this whole place so i will uh, burn this place to the ground yeah but you know fuck him so anyway uh priscilla and the new professor they leave the grounds and they talk about him being a doctor um then they visit the old per professor as he's packing to leave uh they want him to come to the cops with him they also believe that he's innocent of murder they the they don't believe that he murdered anybody he said he'll go but then he runs upstairs and he grabs a gun and shoots himself, killing himself in the uh, 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 yeah, by shooting himself in the head. Yay! Yay! Bye, pervy. That's the only so, acceptable end for a person like that. Uh, yeah, right. Then we see a wolf gets caught in one of the traps and is going nuts. But a figure injects it with drugs and then starts operating on it. And then uh, we see the uh, one doing the operating is the dean's secretary or assistant. Um, then the wolfman comes in and she's able to chain him to the wall and then injects him uh, with a with something that she uh, concocted from the wolf. And the wolfman uh, bites her a bit and then he starts to change and we see the wolfman was the dean this whole time. Dun, 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 dun. They embrace in our final clip. It's necessary to have a second injection. I know. Oh, darling, please, let us finish the cure now. No. Better that you leave me like this. I wish that you hadn't been late that night. 
I arrived too late. Probably at that moment, Mary was escaping in the woods and might well have seen me come here. Don't have remorse now. You don't know what I've done. Leonore, you're thinking about Sheena Whiteman. How did you know that? Sir Alfred told me that Sheena knew who Mary's murderer was. I was so frightened. Sheena and Priscilla saw each other in the forest. I saw it through the window. Sheena must have seen you kill Mary that night. You must know I was forced to do it. And she recognized me. Yes. Oh, all the bad I've done. But we must fight back to save you. Because without you, I don't exist. Leonore. The second injection. You know I'm not a murderer. Jesus fucking Christ. A little uh, heavy on the drama there with uh, their love for each other. Yeah, right. And also... This guy, he's known he's been the Wolfman for a while now. You can tell he's known. It's not like he's surprised he's the Wolfman. And he's gone ahead and accused the new professor and a ton of other people while also trying to act like he feels bad for all the bad he's done. But he ha- he, do- he can't feel bad because if he did, he'd fucking come clean. He's pulling the very GOP Republican thing where he's yes. accusing the other side, which is the professor of the thing that he is actually doing, which is being a dean and a werewolf. Fucking assholes. Well, uh, I mean, it's it's just standard operating procedure for those guys. Right. And then just then, the wolf attacks the woman, wounding her. And while he is t- chained, he she is able to give him the key so he can unlock himself and just be able to hold her right as she dies. So then the dean goes and fucking beats the shit out of the wolf until it's dead. That was insane. Yeah, that was a fucking angry little moment. That was almost a little uncomfortable, man. Yeah, it's not the sort of thing you expect in a 1961 film, and it worked. No, not at all. It worked really well. It still holds up, and it still actually has a lot of power to it. That wolf attack, even though it's a German shepherd and he's clearly playing and having fun, still was portrayed rather brutally. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, The next day, the dean comes into the class and states that the female teacher... Uh, had left the school and she will not be returning. Um, so she then did. He, then he told everyone they had to go to the uh the uh funeral for um the old professor. And during the funeral, uh, the we see the grounds or no, they had to go to the groundskeepers. I'm sorry, the groundkeepers' funeral. And while there, his dog is going nuts at the dean, who is starting to really break down. Uh, then uh, the, his dog, whose name is actually Wolf, leaves Priscilla to Walter's dug-up body. So well, Walter was not buried that day there. She runs back and finds the dean, and he takes her inside and says he will call the cops. Uh, then she wonders who's actually buried in the cemetery. She goes to talk to the Dean, but he is now changing again into the werewolf. So he never got that second injection, I guess. No, because she she died from wolf before he got a chance and she probably didn't make it. And maybe he doesn't know how to make it. So yeah, exactly. So then, um, as she's, as he's changing, she passes out. Um, let's see. And, uh, the new professor comes in and they fight. Uh, he chokes the shit out of the new professor. And then the girl starts getting up, so that gets his attention. As he starts running to her, the new professor shoots him. Uh, He then falls and changes back, and he calls out to his love one last time. He then makes peace with the new professor and Priscilla, telling them that this is the best way for him to go, and that he had buried his love in the cemetery in Walter's casket. Roll credit.
pretty solid flick, man. I'm not I, saying it's like the greatest fucking thing ever, but it was surprisingly good. I was I, really shocked. I was impressed. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a solid movie, especially for the season we were watching it in. Yeah. I mean, this was going to be the close to our Halloween season, even though both of us watched it November 1st. This yeah. this basically is the last thing that was left over from me scheduling. Although we're going to have more horror movies because I've just front loaded this whole season with horror movies. Well, that's good, though. That's good. That's good. But I mean, I'm just saying it was a... F- it was a fun flick to watch. Yeah. The Blu-ray, the transfer is gorgeous. It's the best I've ever seen this film. The first time that I saw this was when they had someone locally here in Omaha come on as the son of Sanguinary when I first moved out here. Uh, all those ages and ages ago, you know, they used to yeah. play them in the background of the bars that we were at. <laughs> oh, yes. All the time. Yeah. Uh, the Son of Sanguinary hosted this. That was the first time that I ever saw it. So that would have been like 2002, 2003, somewhere back yeah. then. Uh, this is basically a cut version of this. It's like 80-ish minutes. Um, and I think that cut version is somewhat public domain here in America, or at least there is a print that is believed to be in the public domain and has been bootlegged the fuck out of it. And that's what ends up being on like the horror host TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, I think even a Vira has hosted that on a couple of different incarnations of her movie Macabre because it is, you know, you can use it and there's no copyright worry to broadcast it on TV. Uh, this version, however, that we watched, the Severn Blu-ray, is the sort of international cut, which is the uncut version of the film, which has more stuff added in and is like just the straightforward, actually really well-crafted film. So if you're only, if you're watching a version of the film and you're not that impressed by it and you think, what the fuck, none of this shit is happening that these guys are describing in this show, you're watching the 80-minute version, you need to get a hold of the uncut 84-minute version because that's got all the stuff that we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly good. It's very quick. It goes through. There's only like a few moments that I really kind of felt like made no sense, like where they was running into that one girl. It was I, it was supposed to be like a meet cute, but he's supposed to be too old for her. She's supposed to be like a high school aged girl. So no gross movie. Stop. But yeah. They never really take it further than them just being friends and feeling out of sorts and a kinship. They never get too touchy-feely couple. No, it, it seems much more like he's concerned. I will say this about the girls innocence and like that they should all deserve these chances to 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 find a normal life and it seems like that's always really looking for for priscilla and i think a lot of us throw on oh it must be a romantic thing because we're so kind of fucking used to if a man and a woman are acting next to each other they must be a thing well there's that and we've seen men be lecherous through most of the film already so we're yeah. we're just a little See? gun shy on the professor and he yeah. proves to be a relatively okay guy he looks like he was just genuinely trying to have a friendship with somebody and and generally trying to help somebody yeah at the same time right like that's what friendships usually are it involves helping someone too yeah exactly (laughs) so Um, yeah it was there's a lot of stuff in this film guy friendships we're just all assholes but (laughs) right guy friendships are about breaking each other down to make yourself feel better for whatever reason you're feeling pathetic for that moment exactly yeah (laughs) you're you're crying i'm not crying (laughs) yeah but anyway uh the film overall i really fucking enjoyed it there's a a lot of stuff that I felt the filmmakers were working on a deeper level, layering it and trying to make us think a little bit more about some of the themes of what is a monster, what isn't a monster. And, you know, just because it changes into something else, phys- 
physically doesn't mean that something couldn't be hiding underneath the surface of what appears to be a normal human being. I really got yeah. that this time around watching it, that, that those were themes that they were working with. And I was like, holy fuck, for a European kind of sleazy film in the 60s, that's some heavy shit to be throwing on me and very artistically. And I dig what you're trying to do here. I yeah yeah there there was some really good like listen you know I, I really loved your you know who's the real beast here these men at this school or you know the werewolf you know and it's almost like you know these girls really have you know all the bad stuff getting ready to happen to them they have a werewolf and then all these men who want to take advantage of them and the women who want to and the women who should be helping them out looking the other way. <laughs> So yeah, fuck. Uh, it's a fucking just a tremendous. I I, I liked it. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. I basically this again was one of the ones that I bought. There was a package that was left. I wanted like two of the movies that were in it, and then this one came along with it. And I was like, oh, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. Oh, great. Just kind of like with Watch Me When I Kill when I bought that because it was you know it added free shipping because it, it brought me yeah. up to that balance. Like I got <laughs> two movies that I was just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. We'll cover it on the show. We'll see what happens. And now I'm like, holy fucking shit. This is not Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. This is like Canthropus, man. This is some art heavy shit that you need to respect, Court. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, Court, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I see the title, uh, uh, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about this, but fuck yeah, it was good. Well, Real good. That's why podcasts like this exist for people like me that take a chance on something for whatever fucking reason, expecting one thing and getting another, and then you can be playing pleasantly surprised if you check it out after you hear us talk about it exactly <laughs> all right let's pull the chain on this discussion we'll move on and we're gonna take a break here we'll have a little bit of music that i stole right out of the film and when we come back we will do some psyop news taste colors beyond any known spectrum as phonic euphoria cascades into your consciousness Observe the laws of physics no longer applying to an existence that confines. Space and time will unravel and reform to a screaming new dawn, bursting with infinite possibility. It's as easy as listening to the Corrupted Youth Podcast, where the father-son duo of Dan and Brennan explore the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockier of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Corrupted Youth Podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and more. Take a break from reality, unlock your infinite cosmic potential, and become a dongle. Scores rocking some oboe up in this. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't mean to make that sound as nerdy as it did, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, demand that you distract everybody by giving me some psyop news. This one comes from Daniel from Thought Nova. Smuggler caught hiding almost a kilogram of gold up his butt. Pulling it just to pull it. Yeah. Officers arrest a man smuggling almost a kilogram, two pounds of gold in his butt. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Uh, yes, and it's gold this time. Yeah. Uh, while, on their, while on their duty, Indian airport authorities noticed a man walking strangely at Carolina's Kinnear Airport. You want to do a little ass play? This guy did. The officers then took the man to a secure place at the airport. After searching him, they discovered a shady cargo in his butt. God Courtier doesn't reports, see when you do anal. The courier reports the man was trying to evade paying an 18% customs duty, so he decided to hide his precious nuggets where the sun don't shine. I'm already getting arrested. I might as well grab this guy's dick. However, he wasn't smart enough as airport officials mined the stash worth about $60,000 from his butt. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Not in this case, when, they're removing it now. Yeah. When they weighed the precious metal, it came to a total of 1,470 grams in compound form. Hey, bro, I can't get it up. Sharing their bizarre discovery on Facebook, the airport officials wrote, AIU Kinnear seized uh, 1,470 grams of gold in compound form from a passenger who arrived from Dubai on flight G8-4013. The gold was concealed in his rectum. You want to the do a little ass play? The, the officers also shared a few images of the gold, which appear to have been melted into around seven bars. Still looked fairly uncomfortable to smash these bars in your bum, to say the least. Oh, I actually well, found some audio of uh, the guys talking while they were searching for the gold. Sweet. I wasn't going to go shoulder deep for real. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, you got to get every little nugget. Uh, while this particular technique is quite unusual, smuggling gold is common among people traveling from Arabic states to India. In fact, police arrested another passenger on the same flight, smuggling more than three pounds of gold. However, officials did not disclose if that traveler had concealed it the same way as butt smuggling guy. <laughs> did you embellish that or is that actually? No, that's what's written. Butt smuggling guy. <laughs> butt smuggling guy. That's a new superhero we all need. Uh, custom. <laughs> no one thought to think just to ever search that rectum, even though his name is Smuggling Guy. He clearly says what he's guy. doing. Yeah. What do we do? Hey, man. Uh, well, Mister Guy, I hope you enjoy your stay in India, and thank you. Uh, what's your middle name? Smuggling. So your full name is Butt Smuggling Guy. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna have to have you come over here and check. <laughs> We gotta, sorry, we gotta are, do another check. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've been randomly selected for a security screening. <laughs> In fact, there is nothing random about it. You're just you're always gonna have a security screening. Dude, your name, your name is suspect as fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Custom officials said travelers entering India have come up with several ways to conceal their gold and avoid tax. Most passengers hide their nuggets in chocolate boxes, purses, umbrellas, and pens. Also this month, they caught people hiding gold in toothpaste. Like flake? I no idea. Yeah, weird. Some also hid the gold in bizarre places. For instance, one particular person had lined her underwear with the precious metal. Earlier this year, I mean, fuck, where are these people finding all this gold? <laughs> well, they're coming from one country into our like i think they're coming from iran into india didn't they say yeah i think so i think iran must be just fucking flushed with the stuff either that or it's stolen and they're trying to smuggle it or they're trying to smuggle it to get the out of the nation without the tax so that they can funnel it somewhere else who knows yep Earlier this year, customs officials in Kerala found 66 pounds of gold with a value of 1.84 million hidden in cynical locks. Is it worth smuggling seven gold bars up your bum? Well, you have to be very desperate to want to smuggle that huge amount of gold inside your bottom because walking with a butt stash up to seven bars of gold inside of you would be very painful. Of course, the man who smuggled the seven bars could still earn profit even with the tax. However, he decided to take the risk. Though it's clear the world is going through hard times, but this case has got us all thinking, was it worth all the pain? Yeah, I just that's don't think so. weird. Yeah, I'm sure he would have saved money on tax and everything, but like, what if he would have done some serious damage that would have made more of a dent in the amount of money he was going to get anyway? Yeah, I mean, health costs for fuck's sakes. Right. That's got to be painful. Yeah, you're going to pay a health tax for shoving that much heavy metal up your ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clip. <laughs> And still painful. Yikes. <laughs> All right. This is going to just be a short episode. We're going to pull the chain on it here. I mean, Pulling it was a shorter it, uh, movie. Yeah. We're, we're not going to yeah. do more news. I'm, I'm fucking burnt out. You're burnt out. I, I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking burnt. And we've got a whole fucking week to even be more burnt out with. So, yeah. Let's well, pull it just to pull it. Well, there's that. And it's uh, 275 coming up. And that's a three movie series yeah. that we're going to be doing. And that's going to be a, an extra pile of work on both of us that we got to try and figure it out while the world right. burns around us <laughs> yeah exactly so we're Fun just gonna times. take a little break now <laughs> yeah good 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 decision all right so we're gonna play the ending legion promo we'll have a little bit more music that was yanked out of the soundtrack and when we come back we will close out this weird as fuck show if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcasts Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
Yeah, now that score was pretty fucking cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good stuff right there. <laughs> well, if you'd like to check out other instances of us having pretty cool sections of scores on our episodes, which did occur here and there, I promise. I don't know how much, but Every, it did. Yeah, someplace. It, yeah. It, 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 things are happening. There's like 270 fucking two episodes previous to this one back there that had to happen at least a couple times yeah right you would think yeah it's legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops that's our main landing and launching page for all things cinema psyops right there we also have our facebook group where you can be like chris mounts and post a shitload of fucking memes like a meme drop of all your previous memes and some of the new ones memes. that was fucking love amazing all them memes. that was a shitload of stuff man <laughs> Oh, it was super funny. And we had, uh, I think Cameron made one too at some point. And I'm trying to think if anybody else had a couple. I'm sorry if I forget, but man, we just had a huge amount of meme drops this over this past week. It was amazing. That was awesome. Fucking love it. That's in our Cinema PsyOps group. Of course, on Facebook, I am Court PsyOps, where if you were following me, I did hit over 300 in 31 days of horror and Halloween-related viewings. Jesus Christ, that was insane. (sighs) It was fun, though, and now I don't know what to do to look forward to to distract myself from all the things that are the darkness in my brain, Matt, and I'm I'm sad, and I'm just terrified of the world again because I don't have horror movies to distract me. Hey, um, watch more horror movies. I I guess I'll just keep watching movies. Like, I'll try Try to watch yeah. at least like seven a day or something. There you go. Who knows? Maybe. I, w- I want to watch seven a day. Y- you have to work at some point. Well, I can watch movies and work. I do it at the same time oh. all the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Matt can't do that, but he's on Facebook as Matt Syopel. Though his birthday is not Halloween, people. He's just yeah. lazy, and it was the day he made that account. I don't think... No, it wasn't even that. I purposely said it as that. Because <laughs> he's a douchebag. No, no, you're right. No, it's just the day I set it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I can't remember anymore. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Either way, he's basically a chat on this, and that's not his real birthday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not my birthday. You can email feedback to Matt, accusing him that Halloween is not his birthday. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. And you would be very right. Uh, and I would even tell you, you are very right. It's not my birthday. You can email <laughs> feedback to court, court at gmail.com, and let him know it's not a big fucking deal. Just chill the fuck out. I mean, it's not like anybody's sending me gifts or anything. <laughs> no, but they're wishing you a happy birthday on a day that they should be celebrating Halloween. You're taking away from I mean, it. You're making it about you, and I hate you for it. <laughs> I mean, am I really? I mean, it was like two seconds of them doing that, and then they went right back to celebrating Halloween the way they want to. If you would like to find other instances of people all around the world making everything all about them, you can tweet a couple of tweets on the hate-filled <laughs> shitfest that is Twitter to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop. Uh, Matt. And if you would also like to find a place where the entire world makes everything that's happening in the world about them in photograph form, Instagram is the place to go there. And not only that, they'll drive you to their OnlyFans from there as well. Yeah. We don't mm-hmm. we don't have an OnlyFans, but we, we are not, that- cinema underscore psyops there. I, I don't believe anybody wants to see that. <laughs> I, I think our only fans would be people paying us to put more clothing and or masks on. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, for a $5 donation, I'll throw in a fifth jacket and a tenth pair of pants. <laughs> and while we're at it, I will adorn this hockey mask. Yeah. <laughs> After the hockey mask, I'll put a paper bag over my head. <laughs> <laughs> for a $10 a month donation, you can pick which hockey mask from which movie we actually go for. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe we should look and into doing this, getting dressed on OnlyFans, and see if we can make this take off. I doubt yeah, we will. Something, yeah, first you have to show what we look like, 
It like, we'll have to wear like shorts and like no other clothes at all. So then that starts the, oh crap, put more on, put more on. <laughs> well, while you're out there wearing shorts and that's it, like cutoff styles, like your Tobias Funke and Never Nude. Some Daisy Dukes. <laughs> right. I guess kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah. All right. Let's see if this actually goes through without me fucking crashing. (laughs) So your machine's dying on you. Not my machine. It was my internet. Like, everything in the house, internet-wise. Like, nothing was streaming, nothing. Everything was fucked. Oh, so your modem got hosed. Something. Yeah, I think I I got it going, but, you know, I fucking never know with this shit. Well, it's not like I can't call you on a cell phone if we have to. As long as you can still record on your computer on your side, we're fine. That's true, I suppose. (laughs) It's not ideal, but yeah. I mean, I don't use the audio from the cell phone unless I miss something on your side or the Skype call anymore. Oh, yeah. So I only use it like what we're doing here for like the little outtake pieces that I end up, which are literally at this point, just things that I would have cut out and thrown away, but people seem to want to listen to. So I just leave them in in that, <laughs> that, that outtake section. So of course. Oh, and I am now recording on my side. One, two, three. There we go. Okay. So let me make sure you can hear oh. this. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you hear yeah. that just fine, then you'll hear all the other stuff, and we are good to go. Fufu. Got two weeks left before we got that full franchise fest. It's only three movies, but we got to figure out what we're going to do with that. Yes, we do. Fuck. So yeah, we got to figure that out. Maybe things. next Maybe next week um, when the girls are hanging out on a Wednesday or whatever, we'll do, like, say, the last film or something. You've seen that series, right? That's... Well, I'm going to beep that out so people don't know. But yes, oh, you've seen fuck, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- fuck, yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I've seen the whole series. Uh, I've seen the first movie, of course. Okay. Well, I mean, it's pretty much the same plot line in every single one of them. So watching part three won't really spoil the story for part two, but they change the actress in part two and then they keep her in part three. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we could probably do that midweek. Um, next week we'll do one of those movies. You you pick it, I guess, but I, I would prefer that we do the first one as the actual live episode when we have the energy that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. That would work out best for everyone. Okay, so we do one and two on the night and then three we'll just do separately ahead in advance. Yes. Okay, that works for me. Um, I'm checking what the fuck episode number we're on because I know I had it 73, 273. I said two weeks away. Why wasn't I not? Math. God damn it. Fucking math. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's the I worst took, shit ever. I used two vacation days to have a four day weekend for fucking Halloween and I'm just brain fried because this is my Sunday. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm good to go if you are. Yeah, I'm good. All right. So you recorded. You did the three, two, one clap. We're all yep, set. We're all set. All right, here we fucking go. I told you I was brain fried. Right? Um, so then... Fuck, I'm just out of it tonight. Okay. Namesy! So then, yeah. <laughs> just, I am just fucking gone right now. <laughs>
and like the soap opera level of drama, you know, like yeah. we've got like we've got like season six of <laughs> of like all my children level of drama going here. I'm just naming something and then like a season number. Yeah. I have no fucking clue how much drama is in there. <laughs> we're, we're, we're smack dab in the middle of all my children. Yeah, this is like three to four episodes before Barnabas shows up in Dark Shadows. And that is what I'm talking about. I actually do know what I'm talking about when I say that. Nice. Now we know that the uh, professor is total sus. So <laughs> he's suspect. And this is all from that video game that you play the shit out of, apparently. This using Among Us? Sus. Yeah. 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 Well, you have to go quickly because you have to type out, you know, who's who's acting funny. So, and it, it almost becomes a game of timing at that point. <laughs> all right. Well, it's funny because um, sus is, there was a law in Britain where uh, the police could just randomly stop you because you looked suspicious and it was called yeah. the sus law. Just because if you, if you, if you looked kind of suspicious, they would pat you down check you out, see what's going on. And see if you're yeah. carrying any weaponry or anything, just because you look suspicious. And they did it for punks. So yeah. being well, being sus or being suspect, yeah, that, that's suspect. That, that's that's old timey terms from then. Yeah. So it's don't just kind of funny. Suspicious. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Uh, in the next 20 minutes, the dean uh, dresses down the old professor, and that actually starts our next 20 minutes. Wait, was that a clip? Yeah. Did you say clip? Yeah, I said that uh, the dean dresses down the old professor, and that's our next clip. Set it there. Thank you. Here we go. Uh, this comes from uh, Daniel. Am I saying that right? I suppose so, but we're not supposed to do last names, so just we'll do. I'll, I'll take care oh. of the last name. Hold on, hold on. Let me do it again. you're out there wearing shorts and that's it like cutoff styles like your Tobias Funke and never nude Some Daisy Dukes <laughs> right I guess kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch I guess I guess why not <laughs> uh, I'm fucking tapped out yeah fuck it and I've stopped recording